0: We checked the archives, and it's the October 5th episode all over again. Joe Biden's campaign promised higher spending and higher taxes, and now it's time to see if that tax bill has come due and what it means for markets. Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin.
1: And I'm Robert Tarenbeth.
0: And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments.
1: In this podcast, we, the strategists in New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions.
0: That includes Mainstay's diversified portfolio series, including the Income Builder Fund, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners.
1: By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors.
0: Welcome, everybody. It's the week of May seventeenth, 2021. And two episodes ago, when we talked about infrastructure spending, we also promised we'd talk about the pay-fors. The taxes. So here we go. Here we go. And I want to just say that we're going to leave out any conversation about whether taxes are good or bad. Um, we're just going to look at what might happen and what investors can do about it.
1: And as a quick recap, the Biden administration has put forward two significant spending plans, one for physical infrastructure, which is accompanied by corporate tax hikes and stricter enforcement of already existing IRS rules and regulations, and one for human infrastructure, which is accompanied by personal income tax hikes.
0: Now, neither of these plans has passed through Congress yet. Physical infrastructure is on its way through Congress right now, but the human infrastructure piece hasn't even really started the policymaking cut and paste process yet. All right.
1: And that means that we don't really know exactly what tax proposals are going to be on the table. Currently, the consensus is that the increases will be moderate. The highest individual income tax bracket would go back to where it stood in 2016. The corporate tax rate would increase about halfway to its pre-Tax Cuts and Jobs Act Trump level and the estate tax would be restored. However, changes in the international tax system could increase the effective tax rate for multinational companies more than what is expected. Additionally, more progressive proposals, such as a payroll tax hike or a tax on wealth and financial transactions, could be particularly popular for the general population and not ruled out.
0: Yeah, there's no denying that these proposals present a headline risk for the markets, but there's so many proposals on the table. I, I think we should just take the most important ones one by one.
1: Right, and the most pressing conversation is around corporate taxes right now because that's what's most likely to be included in any physical infrastructure spending that's being discussed this week and next week in Congress.
0: Exactly. And remember, we don't really know what will be passed and on what timeline, but let's just imagine that the consensus narrative that Robert described is accurate. So let's say the corporate tax rate would increase from 21% to some compromise level lower than 28%. So I think 25% is is a reasonable number. We also see, let's say, a minimum tax for all companies of 15% and changes to the intangible income created and used in other countries. So if those are our corporate taxes, those are the things we get, what does that mean for investors?
1: Well, that list of proposals doesn't exactly match the taxes that were lowered by the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act I referred to earlier. They are pretty close. And that means that we can look at what happened for those tax cuts and consider what the reversal would look like for markets.
0: That's a good idea. So if we take that case, the companies that benefited the most from the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act changes, those were the ones that were fairly growthy companies like communication services or consumer discretionary companies, information technology. That kind of reads like tech to me as the companies that could be impacted the most in potentially a negative way by tax increases.
1: I think that's right. Growth companies would probably be most impacted by higher corporate tax rates, especially if there's stricter enforcement of some of the rules that we referred to. Whereas value sectors like financials, materials, energy, and consumer staples would still be impacted, but it might be to a lesser extent.
0: I have to point out here that the companies that might be less impacted by higher taxes, so those sectors you just mentioned, are also the ones that tend to benefit from an improving economic environment. So I don't want to jump to the portfolio pause, but it sounds to me like the rotation that we favored for the past several months could actually be affirmed by some of these tax changes, both effects working in the same direction for those sectors like energy, financials, materials. Maybe investors wouldn't have to make too many changes if they had already positioned in that direction.
1: Oh my gosh, you're jumping the gun here. Before we go there, I think that we just need to resurface the individual side of taxes. And those are the taxes that could be raised to fund some of the higher government spending on human infrastructure, such as child care, elderly care, health care, all the cares.
0: All the care. So if we're thinking about sort of compromise or most likely proposals on the individual taxes, I think what's most relevant for the markets would be a higher marginal tax rate on those individuals that make more than a million million. That's one of the proposals on the table. Plus the changes to the capital gains tax rate and the step up in basis, which impacts how much of your gains in investments would count for the tax.
1: The first thing I think we should mention about individual taxes is that these impact those households making over $1 million per year, as you just said, which is a very small proportion of taxpaying households.
0: Yeah, it's it's about 0.3% of households, which is a small number, but there's two caveats to that. The first is that even though 0.3% of all households in the U.S. is obviously a very small percentage, those households hold a disproportionate amount of capital. In fact, 22% of US assets is what we're talking about here and about 35% of equity and mutual fund shares according to our research. So that means that those 0.3% of households, what they do with their stocks and bonds might have a broader impact on the markets than what that 0.3% would suggest. And the second caveat is that that $1 million income level that sort of triggers the application of these taxes could actually also include capital gains. So maybe you make $200,000 a year, but you sell something and that gives you $800,000 of income. That would put you into that million dollar bracket and trigger the higher tax rate.
1: Uh, That's a good point. I often missed out on. For the audience then, I think the first takeaway is that tax changes are only going to impact the highest net worth individuals. Even for those that have $800,000 in capital gains, a lot of that is in a qualified plan, like a 401k or other retirement savings plans where capital gains aren't taxed in the same way or as a part of your current income. For those who would be impacted, it's time to talk to an accountant or financial professional to determine the exact impact for you and any strategies that might help mitigate that tax impact.
0: That's a really, really good point. And I think the second point is that, again, there could be headline risks related to these higher personal income taxes. And again, the stocks that are most at risk are those likely to be those that have appreciated the most or incurred the most capital gains over the past several years, which you guessed it, those are going to be the growth stocks.
1: That's a great time to move to our portfolio pause, which is a segment of the program where Lauren and I share an investment idea. And of course, now, Lauren, we can get to your talking points earlier. uh, We can also talk about how investors should be considering tax changes in a portfolio.
0: Awesome. Well, here's the headline thing I have to say about it. As investors, we have so little say in tax rates overall, but we do have some levers of change and control in how it impacts our portfolios and our finances.
1: Wow, that's a great point. I think that higher taxes can feel really stressful. They draw a lot of headline risk. People talk about it a lot, even more so when there could be more market risks associated with it. And I think that we should be ready for higher volatility associated with these changes over the next few weeks. But to your point, Lauren, there are things that investors can manage associated with these risks.
0: So what can we do, right? What can investors do to adjust to these potential changes? At the macro level, we're just thinking about what this might mean for the economy. There could be some positives to higher taxes. It's hard to say that anybody is excited about higher taxes, but if we had carefully considered taxes, and that potentially limits the future rise of long-term interest rates because general growth expectations are more moderate moving forward, then that could strengthen the dollar. It could help control inflationary pressures. There, there's some interesting macro currents going on related to taxes.
1: Those are really great points. I'll focus on the micro level, the company or individual level for investors. And that's that tax changes here can drive alpha or outperformance from a benchmark.
0: It's a really good point. So if we think about potential for alpha at the individual level, the first thing to consider is whether tax changes impact your financial goals. So here I'm talking about the folks who, whether for their income or their income plus capital gains income, would fall into that million dollar income per year category. Or those that have a really important asset, like a family business or a portfolio or a state that could be impacted. For those folks, and you mentioned this earlier, Robert, it's time to think about approaching your accountant or your financial professional to determine the best course of action. In many cases, it could be to do absolutely nothing. Selling your life's work might not make sense right now just because of these tax changes, but big changes like this often merit at least examining your financial program.
1: Hmm. That's a good point. I was going to focus more on the company level and what investors can do there. And what I always like to say is that skilled investment managers can assess those companies that they believe are going to be most impacted by tax changes in the tax code, whether that's at the corporate level or because of individual tax changes. And they can shift their portfolio positioning. Additionally, if properly positioned, An investor could realize an income increase from a potential tax hike if invested in a stock of a company that may decide to offer a special dividend to its shareholders before the end of the year.
0: Related to that, investors can also consider tax advantage strategies, investment strategies, and that's things like municipal bonds and some real estate securities.
1: Again, the point here is that investors can take a close look at your financial program and consider whether some of these changes are appropriate or not. For many investors, the answer is probably to stick to your investment strategy and not try to time these changes, which are still very uncertain, both in terms of their likelihood and in terms of the magnitude of change.
0: Yeah. So if we take it from the top, it's consider your financial program, consider active management that seeks to choose winners and losers associated with these tax changes, and consider the strategies that might help you to navigate those changes. Again, Taxes can be stressful, but considering these levers of control that investors could have in their portfolio can help bring the bigger picture into focus. Coming up next, I just want to acknowledge the inflation data from last week, because stronger than expected inflationary numbers have investors considering whether price pressures are just transitory, as the Fed insists, or likely to become more permanent. For now, we're not concerned. Price pressures related to economic reopening are common, even in a normal economic cycle, and so it makes sense that they'd be stronger than that in such an unusual economic cycle when production for so many goods and services came to a halt last year. That said, we do expect inflation volatility to persist this year, and that matters for interest rates, for bonds, and and for stocks too. That said, if you expect those inflationary pressures to wane over the course of the next year or so, you wouldn't want to make too big of portfolio changes minor tactical moves into asset classes that benefit from reopening. So cyclical sectors, floating rate loans, short duration securities, that type of thing, those are the strategies that could make sense.
1: Those are all great strategies to consider. Earnings season did wrap up, but this week, I think investors are going to be looking for clues out of Washington, D.C. in terms of what we can expect from these infrastructure bills, both the spending plans and the pay-fors. Republican lawmakers are expected to run a proposal by the Biden administration as early as this week, which could give clues in terms of how exactly the Biden administration will spend on physical and human infrastructure.
0: That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters.
1: Let us know what matters to you.
0: If you have a question or a topic of interest, reach out to us on social media.
1: That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn.
0: You can also follow our views on our website, which is newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the insights tab.
1: Until then, I'm Robert Sarenbitz.
0: And I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about mainstay funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. Neither New York Life Investment Management nor its affiliates, subsidiaries, or employees provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your professional advisor for tax or legal advice. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances, and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.